I am fine with whatever the Lord wants to do as well, my friends. I really am. It doesn't make me know because he can say so much more than what I can say in, in, in just a few moments than what I can say in an hour. <clears throat> but as we finished up our series, uh, a series that's just been, that was so important to me, um, and I hope that it was very beneficial to you. But what we're going to do from there is now we're going to build from this series that we just had. Uh, and obviously all these series are linked together. But we're going to move into a new series. And I can't tell you how many parts it's going to be yet. I, I just, I don't know. So we're just going to roll with however God wants to move with this. But, but we want to start a series that as while I was in prayer, um... I don't know, about a month ago, if I, if I could try to recollect, maybe it was a little longer than that. The Lord spoke this topic right here to me because I was in prayer. And in my prayer, I was praying things. And the Lord said, you need to adjust to your sights. Now, for some of us, that might not make a lot of sense. But when some of this might ring with Richie, because what are your sights? It, it, what the reference here is that we're going to, what we're going to be talking about is what's on a rifle, what's on a gun, is your sights. And sometimes when you're not hitting the target, some of the things that you, there are breathing control, trigger control, and things like that that you begin to deal with. But I want to get into that. Sometimes you have to adjust your sights. Sometimes you're not aiming correctly. And so that's what we're, these are some of the things that we're going to be covering in this series is about adjusting our sights and so and i don't know why siri's listening to me but she's just nosy and that's okay maybe she'll get saved today too she the little siri thing popped up over here in the corner but um but that's what we want to talk about in this series is adjusting our sights and and as i sat down yesterday you know, just in prayer yesterday morning, and Kaylee come interrupting me at like 8.30. Well, good morning. I'm like, well, good morning to you. Why are you up so early? Well, Richie wants to go get breakfast. Okay, well, go get breakfast then. <laughs> but uh, it, anyway, she just kind of in there, well, you know, while I was in the midst of, of praying and starting to look over this lesson, you know, that the Lord has, has given us here on this. And so, so within that, I just kind of found this picture and it's kind of blurry. And I was like, okay, well, this kind of make a good background for, for, for our title here. Anyways, not to put too much emphasis on that, but, um, but sometimes we, we got to know what we're aiming at. And, and within this message today, we're going to talk about what we need to be aiming for. What do we need to be aiming for? Because sometimes you got different targets at different distances, right, Richie? So, so sometimes we got to make sure that we're hitting the right target because sometimes those, those targets have to be hit in a particular order. Uh, and that's only going to be something that you can define with and through your relationship and your walk with God. But I want to open us up with a set of scripture this morning. So no, I don't have a subtitle. This is just part one. So I want to open us up with some scripture this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. And bear with me on this because I, I've got to read something. I've got to create the, the what's going on here before we can get to what we're going to talk about. So read along with me. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands eternal in heaven. For in this tent we groan. It's talking about our body right now. In this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we have, uh, excuse me, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, this body right here, we groan, being burdened, not that we should be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is normal, what is, I'm sorry, what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He 
who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Verse 6. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are um, we know while we are at home in our bodies, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So if we stop there, this walk that we have, this walk that we are doing, that this that God has called us to is a faith walk. It is a faith walk. I ain't talking about that game that they play at church as a cakewalk. Y'all ain't never heard it. Mama's heard of that one. Becky's heard of that one. But it's not a cakewalk. It is a faith walk. So what God has called us to is to walk with him by faith. And it's not by sight because what we see sometimes may be a mirage. It could be something different other than what God has told it that it was going to be. Because when we refer to the book of Hebrews, it said now faith is Faith is, here. so here's your definition of faith. Faith is the substance or the things that we hope for, but the evidence of things not seen. So, so and, and I got my wife, my wife over there. She is just, she is, she, you know, it's like, a, you know, we were talking last night. I said, baby, I said, like, you've heard me preach so much already. You hear a lot of the same things over and over and over again. And some of y'all may hear me say some of the th- same things over and over and over again, but it's profound. It's what's been profound in my life. It's what's been profound in my walk. It's what's been profound in my faith walk with God. So faith is the substance or the things that we hope for, but there's no evidence in the things that we see. Sometimes we don't see but by faith we believe. You know, it's just like, uh, uh, just to use for example, Mr. Richie here is that he believed and he knew even though he didn't see the reality of it, but he knew one day Kaylee's gonna be my wife. I'm just gonna sweep her right off of her feet and he really didn't have to do much since she's like four foot 11. I'm sorry, you're five foot, right baby? Five foot, okay. So, so it didn't take much for him to sweep her off her off of her feet, but on the same token, Richie's six foot tall, six foot one, and it didn't take much for Kaylee to sweep him off of his feet neither. So, 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 it, so y'all had a faith of knowing, hey, we're going to be married, and one day we're going to have our own house, and one day, if the Lord's willing, you'll have your own kids, you'll have your own puppies as well. And if not, I'll let you take my puppies with you uh, because I will share that with you. I'll share the two oldest ones with you so I don't have to go through (laughs) what they've been going through. Anyways, that's just a joke. Um, But it's a faith walk. So now we get back to the scripture, verse number seven. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So everything that he's speaking about here, everything that we speak through the scripture is by faith. So when we're taking aim, sometimes we're taking aim at the wrong thing. And I, and, and it's got to be a faith. I, man, when I pull this trigger, I just know I'm going to hit this target. And sometimes we miss and sometimes we hit it. But the, but the goal here is to hit it every time. So let's continue here. Uh, verse number eight. And it says, yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So if we stop before we get to verse nine, and I know you're already reading. So as we can already see what's taking place here is that Paul is speaking to Christians. Because if we look at this, because to 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 be out of this body is to be present with the Lord. So uh, let's just be real here. There's not a sinner that's going to stand in the presence of God other than to be judgment for hell. So, so, so that's not a harsh statement. That's just a true statement of scripture. So, so, so what he's doing here is he's relating this term. He's relating this message, just as I am here today, relating this same message to you that, that, that we're speaking to like-minded people. We're speaking to people uh, that are walking with God, this faith walk here. So now we get to, let's read verse eight again. Yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body 
and at home with the Lord. We've, I've said that many times, Lord, you know, I'm not scared of death. Don't threaten me with heaven because I, 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 I'm not afraid to die. A lot of people are afraid to die. Oh, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I got so much that I still want to do in life. <laughs> I'm doing everything I want to do in life right now. But I do want to fulfill what God has called me all to. So verse 9, here we go. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. Lord, we thank you for your presence, Lord, that is here this morning. Because, Lord, we came, Lord, gathered in your name. Lord, we came and, and welcomed you here today. So, Lord, let your work continue to go forward. Lord, as I step out, Lord, and you step in. Lord, use me the way that you desire. Lord, as I submit my wills to you, I submit my heart, my mind, Lord, and my mouth to you, Lord, right now. Lord, so just have your way. Lord, Holy Spirit, let us see you in a way that we've not seen you before. Let us hear you in a way that we've not heard you before. And Lord, as we take our hearts, Lord, and we submit it to you, Lord, help us to receive that very word that you are speaking to us, no matter what the word is. But Lord, let us be encouraged in it, Father. And we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Lord. So uh, I'm just going to read from my notes here just a little bit because if God gave me some notes, you know, I was sitting there yesterday, you know, and I told Becky, I said, I'm just sitting here typing, working on my notes. And I usually don't lean a lot to my notes, but I, I lean, lean to them for a little bit of guidance. And, and as I was just typing away yesterday, I mean, just tears are just falling down my face and going into my beard that I hadn't combed yet, you know, yesterday. But... I did comb it sometime or another. I just didn't comb it first thing in the morning. Man, y'all, y'all are getting this. I love you guys. <laughs> but I was sitting there just typing and, and I'm just, I'm yelling. It's like I'm yelling these words out while I'm typing and I'm just crying and crying. And it's causing me to reminisce and it's bringing me back to and what God has been doing in me and what God is doing through me. And and so so I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick up in my notes and then we're gonna we're just we'll follow along. So as we are starting a new series about adjusting our sights, I want you to relate this with our previous series of fellowship with the king because fellowship is what does anybody remember what fellowship is? Mutual mutual movement walking with God hand in hand with the same intention it's the same the same thought process so so with that being said this is what we want to we want to put this we want to accompany this with the fellowship with God because we want to be mutual we, because God we want to hit the same target that God wants us to hit right so it's like when when, when somebody says hey shoot this target or shoot that target or what are you aiming for then it's a goal that you're you're looking to achieve here excuse me wow so so what god is doing here is building an opportunity for you to be exponential in him uh, this series will be another tool to excel you into the fellowship that he has created you for he has created you individually and corporately to know him. So as we begin this series, we will highlight on the importance of our aim, our targets, our goals, and how to dial our focus to the heart of God. You're getting me on that. Because this is what we're doing here. As we, as we recollect back to that verse, it says that our aim, we aim to do what? Please. To please him. So, so, we notice here that it, he didn't say that our aim is for God to love us more. Did he say that? It was to please him. So if we think about when, when Jesus came down to the Jordan River 
and John the Baptist was baptizing people. And when Jesus came and asked to be baptized, and then John said, it's not, you know, it's not you that I should be baptizing, but you that should be baptizing me. But Jesus said that this must be done. So he baptized Jesus. And then they heard a voice from heaven, right? And, and, and it said, and the spirit descended. I want y'all to get this right. It said, like a dove. It didn't say a dove. It says, like a dove. So gracefully, the spirit descended upon him like a dove. So just gracefully. And it said, this is my beloved son. Anybody want to finish it? In whom I am well pleased. So if we just stop and time out on this, Jesus had not done one act of ministry whatsoever, had he? He had just been baptized. He had not even announced who he was and what his purpose here was for. So I just want to make this clear and I want to make this straightforward to each and every one of us that we cannot make God love us any more than what he already loves us. But we are in charge or it is our responsibility about how pleasing he is with us. And if, and if we make our walk with Him, our fellowship, our mutual movement, if we make that our goal is to please Him, then we're heading in the right direction. Y'all follow me? So here's, here's what our target is, is to please Him. See, like, like Brother Richie, your aim is to please your wife, is it not? You know when you miss the mark, don't you? And Kaylee lets it be known when you miss tomorrow. But it works both ways, though, right? Has Kaylee missed tomorrow before? No, I mean we can be honest. I mean, because we're all we're all human, which means we miss that. We miss that. But but the thing is, is 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 that's our goal. My goal is to please you. I don't always please my wife, but my aim is is when I realize I've missed that mark, then what do I do? Baby, I'm sorry. I'm making a mental note that I just missed the mark. And so what am I going to do here forward is I'm going to not do what I did that caused me to miss the mark. So that's where we need to be aiming at is to please God. So there's some scripture that I don't have in here today. The Lord's just been ministering to me, uh, but we're going to continue on here. So, so we will be highlighting on the importance of our aim, our targets, our goals, and how to dial our focus to the heart of God. So let's start with bringing to light the context of Paul's very revelatory message that, that our so uh, Holy Spirit spoke. The words that he spoke were not his own. They were words from the Holy Spirit. So our earthly dwellings, our flesh faces heartaches. So we face heartaches, right? Each one of us. We experience suffering. We all experience sufferings. We endure many trials. And sometimes it feels like, man, when is this trial going to be over? How long do I have to continue to fight this battle? Kind of within the same reference for me as, Lord, how long do I've got to keep praying the same things for you to put us in a building. Lord, I'm not asking you for a building for me. This building is not for me. This building is for you. My aim is to please him because I'm not asking for a building for myself. I'm asking for him, for his benefit. And so, so when we make that our aim and knowing that some of these things that we suffer of what it develops in each and every one of us. So, so many obstacles that keep us occupied, a life that seems to be so troubling that giving up or giving in is the only way out. Have we been there before? It feels like the only way that this is ever going to disappear or it's ever going to dissipate is if I just give up or if I just give in to the situation. My friends won't quit hounding me about doing this. My, my son or my daughter, it's just easier if I just give in to what they want instead of continuously praying, continuously walking in a manner that is to be pleasing unto God. See, because 
you know, it's just like I was telling Becky, you know, something that I heard at Pastor Bruce's church uh, some some years ago. He started a church down in Myrtle Beach, and he had a guest speaker and a, and a very word that is really stood out to me that I still hang on every single day is that my obedience, just by me doing what God has called me to do, becomes someone else's blessing. It becomes someone else's blessing. So I look at I look at the suffering that I've gone through. I've looked at the trials that I've faced over these past three and four years, uh, the financial struggles that we've had, uh, the, 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 the friends, let's just be real, the friends that have walked away. Uh, even the people, you know, that we live around, it seems to, that they have forsaken us. And it's not really that they've forsaken us. It's just that our, fellow, our fellowship with God is walking with God and not walking with man. And, and so, so, so during this whole process of losing friends and struggling financially, and it just seems to, that, to be an outcast to people that I've chosen to be obedient through this, so that what? So that y'all that are sitting here, those of you that may be viewing us online, those that will visit us uh, when we get in our building and get set up, those people, that becomes their blessing. My obedience, my suffering has become someone else's blessings. So, so we don't know what, 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 what's in store for people if we give up or if we give in. So it's important that we, we make this our aim to please God. And, and, and I, I don't want to be talking around in a circle, but I don't want to get too much into next week's message or the week after that. But what I want to do here is I want to lay a foundation. And that's the whole purpose of part number one of the series is to lay the foundation. So because if you lay the foundation, then you can what? But like when they built this house, they had to put the foundation down first. And when the foundation was down, then they could put the walls up. And once the walls went up, then the roof could go on. And when the roof got on, then they could put the shingles on. And when the shingles got on, then all this is enclosed. And then they begin to work on the inside. Anyway, so long story short on that. So um, so how many of us can recollect to the feelings of hopelessness? The hopelessness, you know, it's like, man, should I should just give up. I should give in, you know, and it seems that the situation is hopeless. You know, and, and honestly, when we recollect to the actual feeling that we had at that moment of, I'm in despair, I feel like I just need to give up. I feel like I need to give in. And so if we could just take our mind there for, 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 for like five seconds, 10 seconds, remember that feeling, that heartache, that burden, when we recollect to that moment, uh, we can really recall the feeling of being alone and that it seems like no one understands where we are. We feel like that we're in this battle alone. But the very experience that brings tears to your eyes right now, and maybe it's not literally bringing tears to your eyes, but as I was sitting yesterday, and because this was what was bringing tears to my eyes, that all the things that I've been facing through these years brings tears to my eyes because it, it, my heart has broken so much. It's been broken all the pieces. And, and, and when I think about it, you know, I, I, my mind even went back. I was on the lawnmower last week, whichever day, Friday last week, and I was cutting grass. And I said, Lord, I said, I am so broken right now. I'm just broken. I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm having a moment with God. God, I'm broken right now. I'm broken. I'm in dismay. You know what the Lord said? Good. That's the way I want you. <laughs> what? You want me broken? But, but when you think about the parable of the sower, and the very, the very thing that produced the 30, 60, and 100 was considered as being good ground, right? But how many of us have ever sown a seed or planted something in the ground? What do you have to do to the soil? It has to be broken. It has to be broken before it can produce the 30, 60, and 100. 
and I'm sitting here and the Lord is like, okay, so now, now I can produce in you what I want because you're broken. And I've preached on that before, but it, then it really hits home with you when you are broken. So when we think about in our brokenness and when we think about in our sorrow, is that this was an op this was an opportunity for God to sow into you. This was an opportunity for us to aim to please Him. And nobody wants to be broken. Nobody wants to go through suffering. You know, Mr. Richie, he lifts weights. And I, you know, I was looking at some pictures from before he went into the Marines. And this guy was just like a little skinny old fellow. You know, he didn't, you know, his bones weighed more than his meat did. But, you know, Richie, he got serious and he hit the weight room. And now he always looks like he's flexing on his father-in-law. So sometimes I had to, I'm just kidding. He's not always flexing on me. But he's bulked up. You know, but what did it take? It took persistence. You continued, you had a goal. Okay, well, okay, well, this week I want to hit the 200 on the bar. Okay, next week I want to hit the 250 on the bar or whatever that time frame is. And maybe I'm just throwing out bogus numbers. I don't know. You might be hitting 400. I don't know. But see, he's laughing at me. So I, I, get, I can get a little bit of something out of somebody here today. But he had a goal that he was shooting for and he knew he couldn't get there overnight. But he knew that as long as I remain persistent, right? As long as I remain persistent in that. So you don't, you, 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 and what happens here is you throw five pounds on the bar at a time and you work your way up. And it's not about how many reps you can do, it's about how much weight can you push. And when you push that much weight, you're not toning, you're building. When you're building, you want to push as much up as you can two or three times because now you're exerting your muscles to have to do that and your muscles have to have oxygen in them to be able to do this so so when we begin to think about the oxygen level oxygen really represents air right it's wind so when we describe what oxygen is or what wind is in the scripture it represents the holy spirit so the Holy Spirit's got to be present. When, when you go to light a fire, you've got to have three different elements. You've got to have, you got to have fuel, you got to have heat, and you got to have oxygen. And when those things are lacking, then 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 that happens. And this ain't even part of my message, but I'm just going, we got a candle here, right? We've all seen a candle, everybody online, you've seen a candle before, right? So what we have in there is we have wax and that's the fuel. What is this? That's the heat, right? So now what do we have? We have a fire, it's burning now, right? I mean, you can, you can see it. I can't hold it to the side too much because then it will really go out, but everybody can see that. But what happens when one of these elements is taken away? If, if I blow it out, then I just took the heat away from it. If, I, if all the wax burns up, then what happens? It goes out. But look what else happens, even if you have the other two. When we remove the Holy Spirit, our fire is gone. It's so important for us, for the Holy Spirit to be involved in our walk with God. So, so, so important. And it leads us back to this, that it is, it's our aim to please Him. So as we embrace these realities, let's move on into the purpose that God wants to share with us today. Paul makes mention of a very prominent declaration of this purpose. And that purpose or our aim is to please God. Again, I'm putting emphasis on this because that's what we're aiming at. That's our, that's our target. That's what we're shooting for. And so as we explore the thought of what if what it feels like to please or to be pleasing. We've all been pleased before. We've been displeased and we've been pleased before. So, so uh, it is a feeling and a knowing of bringing great joy and contentment to a situation or circumstance. So this feeling of being pleased is a feeling of knowing and experiencing great joy. 
So within this knowing, we experience the satisfaction of being an overcomer and defying the odds of failure. So, so when, so, so just like me this week in my pleasing, in the pleasing of that the Lord mentioned or made this known that, okay, you have a building now. Here's where I'm putting you at. It brought me great joy. It's not that I didn't have joy before because I'm supposed to have joy while I'm in the valley or when I'm on the mountaintop. Either way, my, my goal, baby, go back to our previous slide if you don't mind, because we're still talking about something else. Yeah, it does that sometimes. But our aim is to please him even in these troubling times. So, so I, I want us to realize and I want, this to, I want us to get this embedded, not just in our minds, but in our heart because we can have a change of mind, but if we don't have a change of heart, then we're second guessing what we're doing. We've all done that before. Should I really be doing this? Oh yeah, you know, I should and then maybe I shouldn't. But when your heart's made a decision, there's no change in that. So when we have our heart in this, when we have a heart to that our aim is to please God. So let me continue on here. So in this series, God has uh, has very specifics that he wants to share with you. But you have to place yourself to hear. How many of us has been in a crowd before and somebody's talking, but I can't hear them? Maybe just for the fact that they're facing this way. And, you know, so, so if I was over here talking and because nobody else is in the room uh, or, or there's not a lot, a lot of commotion going on, you can hear me. But, but when, so, so when I begin to change my direction and my tone hadn't changed, but now all of a sudden you're hearing me clear. But if I was to walk around into the kitchen and use that same tone of voice, you know, then you might have, a, 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 it might be a harder time for you to hear me. So with that being said, sometimes we have to move our positions. We have to be in a place where we can hear God. So what I'm saying is sometimes our situations, we have to remove ourselves from situations to be able to hear what God wants to speak to us, what He wants to say to us. And if we're not hearing God speaking, then that means we're in the wrong place. We're not at a place where God is speaking to us at. So, so I, again, I just I, I place that importance, uh, just like I always do, the importance of reading God's Word as often as you possibly can. And as equal with that is praying. Praying and seeking Him because, I mean, here we go. We, we've got fuel. We've got the Word. We've got prayer. There's our heat. And then the Holy Spirit's involvement in that will cause us to burn. It will cause us to be on fire. It kind of takes my mind back there for a moment. Finding Nemo, he says, uh, what is it, something about uh, the burning Ringo fire. Okay, y'all go watch Nemo. So I'm just kind of stuck. You know, my baby and me, I used to watch that with my baby a lot. There were certain things that my baby liked to watch, and Daddy sat down with his baby, and he watched them. And I'll still do that today because sometimes she'll still put on cartoons, and, and I'll still sit there and watch her. So I just kind of reminisce of all those joyful moments that we had then as well. But uh, going back to the very specifics that God wants to speak to you and hearing Him within what he is saying. So these specifics are in relation to your past, your present, and your future. Sometimes it's hard for us to see the future, but, it, but it's like Paul said, that we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, that's why when we did premarital counseling, it was a, hey, have a plan. Write down what you want your marriage to look like. Write down what God is showing you about your marriage write down of how you'll discipline your kids write down how you're going to handle your finances because the bible says that without a plan or without a vision the people perish you know he also said in there he said write down the vision and make it plain you know so it, it, when we begin to to take hold of these things 
then then we have some charge of what our future is going to look like you know so that's why i come probably around the new year-ish uh when we probably have our grand opening or our opening service at, at, at the church at the building that the lord's blessing us with is we're gonna i'm gonna cast a vision i'm gonna cast a vision to y'all and i may even do some of that vision casting beforehand uh just to get us all on that same page so uh the truths so these truths of, of, of the relations of your past, present, and future, these truths must not be so easily excused or overlooked. Follow along with me in this journey to bring light to God's heart in this manner. So as we look at the word aim, we can relate this single word with so much, but we will focus on only a few and in in your alone time with God he desires to bring so much more to the surface in that so, so what I want to do we'll move on to our next slide and get, and then we'll begin we'll talk about a few synonyms of what the word aim is and and I heard this Greek word this morning but now I have forgotten the pronunciation of it so so the Greek word for aim is, now excuse me on this in case I butcher it, philo teomia. I'll get it, I'll practice it some more this week. I worked on it some yesterday, but anyways, I'm not a Greek scholar. But, so here's, here's what this word means. To be fond of honor we've talked about the word phileo you remember that when we talked about so phileo phileo is the very beginning of this word so it has something to do with love oh man so now we're going back to where richie says my my aim is to please my wife and in doing that it has to be it's connected through loving her so when we make it our aim to please God, it's, it's, it has to do with a love, a brotherly love, an affectionate type of love, a feeling and an action of love. So we continue on here. And so phileo means to love and time or time, we, we may pronounce it as time means honor. So we're going to get somewhere here in a minute. So to be fond of honor and so uh, uh, actuated by this motive. So it's a motive, love and honor promotes this action of aiming. It promotes this action of aiming to strive to bring something to pass. Hence, to be ambitious, to make it one's aim. So if we couple this statement with a way for us to have uh, further insight, it would read this way. Here, here's, the, here's the way that this word would read in this sentence. To ambitiously labor in love to bring honor to God is what pleases him. Uh, I, I don't have that on the screen. I forgot to make a slide on that one. But if, but if we so if we said that word aim or if we re if we restructured the sentence when it says that our aim is to please God, here's what it would say: to ambitiously labor in love to bring honor to God is what pleases Him. So so to so to be ambitious, it is our goal. It is we are earnestly striving to do this and we do it with love and we do it with honor because now because now brother Richie when you please your wife and I ain't gonna pick on you I'll just say me now I'll pick on me when I my aim is to please my wife and to bring her honor and so when I do it through love and I do it through honor now it adds a whole new perspective so now it's not an obligation it's I want to do this now. So there makes a difference. There makes a difference when when someone asks you to do something and then you just do it because you want to do it. You do it because you love them. You do it because you honor them. So 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 now when we think about making it our aim, making it our goal, making it our target, 
to please God, we don't do it just because the Bible said to do it. We do it because it's our love for Him. It's an honor to please Him. So, so, so this is about adjusting our sights and taking a new, uh, uh, having a paradigm shift, if we could say it that way. It was a paradigm shift. It's just a, it's a radical change in the way of thinking is what that just simply means. To, to, to view it differently than you did before, you, you, you see it in a new light, if we could say it that way. So like if we were to change the colors of the light in here to red, then what would you see? You would see everything in a new light, right? So that's what I'm saying here is that when now, now God wants us to see that the calling that he's called us to is to please him. That's our main calling is to please him as a child of God. So, so, so now let's just look at a couple of synonyms uh, for the word aim. Number one, intent, or we could say our intentions. My intention is to please you. That is, that is, that was my goal was to please you. Saying I didn't even put the word goal in here, but that's really what that is. My intention, my goal is to please you. Number two, it is my desire to please God. Can we see how these words could fit in there with aim? Let's go on to the next one. My objective, I really like this one. My objective is to please you. You know, and, and again, all of this is done through love. It's done through honor. Number four is my target. Hence, we're talking about adjusting our sights, adjusting our aim. You know, if we're hitting the wrong thing. So, so this is this is primary. This is, this is our target. This is what we are called to do. Number four it's our plan. It's my plan is to please you. It's my intention. That's, that was my desire. Again, I'm using these words again so lavishly. <laughs> and number six. Oh, now, there's so many more, but I think that these words give a good highlight on what we need to be doing for God here, and it's our purpose. And, and this one probably is one of my favorites. It is our purpose because my purpose is to please Him. My purpose is to walk with Him. My purpose is to have fellowship with Him, to be mutually minded, to be mutually moving at the same pace, to have the same intentions, intent, to, say, to have the same aim in mind. So this brings so much light into a deeper understanding of God's heart for us. Now, when we look at these words, it can't help but to shed new light. It can't help but to, to help us to see even further. You know, how many of us have ever looked at uh, through a telescope? A pair of binoculars? A scope on a rifle? When you, when you adjust your sights, what does it help us to do? It brings a focus to things. So, so, so we're, we're, we're focusing around what what is purposed for us here is to please God. I know I keep I know I keep touching on that. I keep touching on it, but I want us to get it into our minds and our hearts, our spirit, that this is what we've been called for. This was the purpose is to please God. And so so I'm I, I'm going to do something that I didn't have here. And I'm going to go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I want to read something to you. Because if it's our goal to please Him, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, we've heard the saying, we can be our own worst critic. And that's true statement, but never take away from that the part if we are doing wrong, then we are doing wrong. There's nothing wrong with, hey, the Holy Spirit's bringing conviction to me in my doing wrong. But I want us to know that through the possibilities or the only possibility, we can please God. 
because sometimes, uh, you know, I, I was a I was a very strict parent, especially when my kids were younger. You know, and Marissa, she can't seem to have caught the brunt of that. Um, and I've learned a lot from my mistakes, from my wrong decisions. And there, there was probably many times she probably thought in her head or in her mind or in her heart, no matter what I do, I can't please my dad. Man, I'm guilty on that. I, and if, if you've ever been a parent or you're gonna be a parent, there are gonna be those times where you've made the wrong decision. Can I sit back and beat myself up over that? I'm not that person no more. So, so I move on, I progress into the more of what God has called me to. But I would imagine, you know, that there's been times, you know, it's like I can't, no matter what I do, I can't please Him. And so sometimes we may have that thought process for ourselves as well, is that no matter what I do, I'm not pleasing God. But if we, if we take our mind back to, to this last series that we had, the Fellowship with the King, we, we had a part of the series that we had called the Fellowship of Grace. Excuse me. And the Fellowship of Grace and what grace symbolizes and that grace is just simply, excuse me, I don't know why I'm belching, excuse me. God's grace is God's empowerment. It is, it is his empowerment for us. So, so I, and, I, and I know I mentioned this, this verse in that, in that part, but I want to read this here part here to you again. Second Peter chapter 1, we'll begin with verse 2. And it said, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So our grace, our grace grows and it multiplies as we come to the, a better knowledge of who Jesus is. And in verse 3 it says, by His divine power. So if we stop there for a minute, He said, may God's grace be multiplied to you as we grow in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. In verse 3 it says, by His divine power. So He defines that God's grace is God's power is his divine power and here's what it continues to say they said by God's God's divine power God has given us everything we need to live a godly life some versions say to live a life that is pleasing to him and and so within our own ability we can't please God in our own ability it's hard it's, it's, it's impossible to please God without faith. So we allow God's grace to work in us, to work through us, to be able to please Him the way that He desires. So, so, so we got to make sure that we're allowing God's grace to work in us and through us to make that our aim. So as we continue on, and I just wanted to throw that in there because the Lord, the Lord laid that on my heart yesterday while I was cutting grass. And, and I just want us, I want us to know that no matter how many times we mess up, God still loves us. We are in charge of, of how pleased He is with us, but we've got to allow God's grace to work in us and through us so we can be pleasing to Him. So... Uh, I'm not sure we are on my notes, but but I'm gonna pick up. Let me go here. So when our intent, when our desire, when our objective, when our target, when our plan, and when our purpose is prioritized to please God, then the process of all these struggles everything that's brought tears to our eyes, everything that's caused our heart to be broken, the suffering, the heartaches, the disappointments have really led us to bring honor to the one has, to, to the one that has called us by name. Because he's, he's called us by name. He knew, he knew what our name was going to be before we were even born. I mean, just... He, so he's called us by name. And, and through all of these heartaches, 
it is our aim to do that. So, so to know that through all these things, He has continuously called and yearned for us to know Him. Doesn't matter how many times we've disappointed Him. Doesn't matter. The aim, I don't care how many times I've missed my target, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. So to know Him is to know His aim. To know Him is to know His intentions. To know Him is to know His desires. To know Him is to know His plan. To know Him is to know His purpose. A purpose that we as human beings can only fulfill. The only thing that God created that can fulfill the purpose that He has for us. Angels can't fulfill it. Even the scripture says, it says, what is man that you are so mindful of them? What is man that's so mindful of them? Because man has a choice. And it's just like our wife and our spouse, or, or we have a choice to love them, or we could choose not to love them. That that is the beautiness for me of my walk with God is that I choose to surrender all. I choose to make it my purpose. Have we chosen? Have you only, it's only a, a question that you can answer for yourself is have you chosen to fulfill what he's called us to? So I say, so I say again, if we would grasp the aim process that we have here, the aiming the target, the goal, the purpose, then we are subject to be radically changed from the inside out. To sit and to recollect on how much this same truth has transformed me into the purpose for the latter days. Me putting my focus on what God wants. Again, so we go back to what I said at the beginning. My obedience become someone else's blessing now you think about yourself how much how many how many blessings are you withholding from people i don't know but i know for myself that i don't want to be in charge of dismissing anybody's blessings doesn't matter how big doesn't matter how small so so even though you know, we even look throughout Scripture and we see how the, this very aim. Because we've read about so many people in the Scripture. We've read about Paul, how he changed so many people's lives. We've heard about Peter, how he has changed so many people's lives. We even look at Jesus, of how he's changed so many people's lives. And he's still changing our lives here today. But his aim was to do what? To please God. And in that pleasing is was to fulfill what God had purposed for him. That's what pleases God is that when we fulfill what He's called us to. So, so I want to I want to end I want to kind of start bringing an end to this because I only have a few minutes left here. Second Corinthians chapter five verse ten is his how Paul concluded this revelation with another profound truth. And it said, for we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So, so, so he was, who was he talking to here? Again, we've talked about this already, was that he was talking to the saints here. He was talking to the church. So he was talking to fellow believers. He was talking to people that had, had surrendered, that was given their life to God. So, so now he's telling them that they've got to sit at the judgment. They're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. They're not going to stand there to face a penalty of sin. Because when we give our heart to Jesus, our sins have become eradicated. So what happens now is now they're going to be judged on how pleasing they are to God. 
Uh, so I, I don't want you to get confused that, 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 that once I'm saved, I'm always saved. Again, we talked about that at the end of our last series that we can have forsaken fellowship. We can choose to walk away from God. It's not that we lose it. It's just that we walk away from it. But, but for me and you that are sitting here, if, if our aim is to please God, so now we're going to also have a judgment. So this is another judgment that we're going to face of rewards of of of, of great losses or or, or or great gain so the judgment seat of Christ can be translated as the place from where Christ bases his decisions because when you begin to look at the word judgment the word judgment just really translate to make a decision to make a decision so so we're gonna appear before the judgment seat of Christ, or we're going to appear before Christ that's going to make a judgment. He's going to make a decision based off of the good or evil, the right or wrong that we've done. So, and at this place, we shall receive or receive a reward based from the good or evil we have done. This decision will, will reward us righteously. This decision will be non-changing. This decision will be eternal. What does eternal mean? Forever. This decision cannot be altered by no means. This decision is just. Just just means it's going to be righteous. There's not going to be, this judgment is going to be absolutely right. It's going to not going to be based off of uh, uh, off of a uh, uh, being prejudiced of okay well I like you better and I like you so I'm going to give you a greater reward than I'm going to give you there's none of that there's none of that when we stand before God this judgment this decision is going to be based off of the good or the evil that we've done and and, and as we look in the book of 1 Corinthians that, 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 that Paul spoke to the church of Corinth that some people are going to stand before God and it says everything that they've done is going to be burned up. He describes it as wood, straw, and hay. Because when you light those up, when you, when you begin to light those afire, well, what happens to them? They're consumed. They're no longer there. But then he said some of them are going to come with, with, with stones, gems, and precious stones. So what happens when you, when you take gold and you put fire to it? it changes forms and then it can become purified it can be refined but when we bring the evil things before god or, or, or our motive has been wrong then all of that's going to be consumed excuse me and i don't want to get too much into detail but here's what i want you to understand that these decisions this decision is going to be forever it's going to be forever excuse me again turn with me to john chapter 12 verse 44 through 50. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is what? Eternal life. What I say, therefore I say as the Father has told me. Our judgment is based from the receiving or the rejection of God's word. Our judgment is based off of receiving or rejecting of God's word. 
Jesus is not judging us. He's judging us by the, what He's already spoken. So it's just like when, when I used to punish my kids, it was always, if you don't do this to your room, if you don't do your chores, if you don't do this and that, here's going to be your punishment. So when punishment time comes, do I have to remind them of what I had already said? Because if they're standing before me as judgment or for me to make a decision, it's based off of what I've already spoken. So, so here we have God's word, and this is what we're going to be judged by. He said, because you're going to be judged by what? The word that has been spoken will judge him on that last day. What does John 1 and 1 say? In the beginning was the word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Verse 14, it said, And the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. Jesus Christ is the spoken Word of God. And that's what's going to judge us, ladies and gentlemen, on that day. But remember, our aim is to please Him. And so we'll, we'll face a judgment of how well we have pleased him or displeased him. But we are in charge of that. That is our decision. That is what we have been called to do. So in closing, I want to make this personal with you. And we've laid a foundation today. And each week, the foundation is going to become more apparent and more apparent because it's going to support all these other things that's going to be added on to it. So I want to make this personal with you today. Will you be honest with yourself? Not honest with the person next to you. Honest with yourself. Have you caught this vision today of the aim that we have been called towards Christ? Are we, are we having fellowship with Him to please Him just because I feel like that I should be doing this? Or has it become our pleasure to do this? Are, are we walking with God because we're scared of hell? Or are we walking with God because we want to please Him? You, you got to, we've got to have the right aim in what we're doing here. We've got to have the right aim. So maybe, maybe you get it but will you allow this to hit you in a different dynamic? Your aim of pleasing God is a resort of where and how you will spend eternity. It's going, it's going to determine how we're going to spend eternity. How we're going to spend eternity is how pleasing we have been to Him. And, and we, when we've got to get this. You know, Paul said that I run a race that I what? that I might obtain the prize. You know, do, so, so, so do we just run a race just to be running? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not trying to be the best at exercising. Look at me. But that's the reality, though. If I'm going to do something, I'm doing it for the prize. Now, that's not my main focus is to get the prize. But if I'm going to run, why not run in such a way that we do get the prize? In other words, we do this. We, we do this to, to, to please God. Are we walking with God right now to please Him? Do we have the right focus in mind? So the challenge for us today is to adjust our sights, adjust our focus, adjust what we're aiming at. If we're not hitting that target, then we need to, here's where we need to be aiming is to please God. Let me pray with you. Dear Lord, we just thank you today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, here today. Lord, as so many times, Lord, as, as I will just be honest with myself, Lord, Lord, that I've missed the mark. I, I have aimed in the wrong direction. I have missed the target. 
But Lord, you tell me today, Lord, that I need to adjust my sights. Lord, and so as you've made that challenge to me uh, every single day, Lord, we place that same challenge, Lord, forward, Lord, to those that are sitting here today. Lord, those that are sitting under the sound of your voice, Lord, those that are viewing us online, Lord, that, that we need to adjust our sights, Lord, that we need to realize what we're aiming at instead of just instead of just shooting bullets or shooting things out in the air and just trying to make a loud noise our our aim is to please you lord lord my mind goes back to you know that paul spoke about being a boxer and that i don't just throw punches out in the wind uh, we're not shadow boxing lord we, we you know we want to make everything every effort that we're doing lord we want it to count so, Lord, today, help and direct us, Lord, to realize what our aim is, Lord. And that aim is mainly, Lord, to please you, to live a life that is pleasing to you. Lord, and that's just walking with you, Father. Lord, bless those that have chose to view us here online. Lord, those that have chose to sit here with us today. Lord, let your word penetrate, Lord, into our heart to become the everything that you've called us to be. Help us, Lord, not to dismiss this word, but Lord, to, if nothing else, just to take the very thing of, of this aim, Lord, that we're aiming to please you. Bless us as we part ways, Lord, here today. I thank you, Lord, for your love that you have so graciously shown each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you would be with us, that you would keep us safe until we come back here again, because we will always praise you in all that we do. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Amen and amen.